It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I promised you a Thursday mailbag and you are getting it. You're going to get it around 8 o'clock at night, but you're still getting it. Locked On Wolverines podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your man on the ground, Isaiah Hole, publisher of Wolverines Wire through USA Today Sports Media Group. And uh, yeah, uh, we have reached the mailbag. Obviously, tomorrow we'll talk about some of the news because there's uh, there's injury news that came out today. So we'll get to that tomorrow, Friday's episode. That will be an earlier, not a morning episode, but it will be earlier because uh, I got to go to do the M Zone in Ann Arbor at three. So and we got press conference after, I believe. I don't know; hasn't been announced yet. But we're going to get to your questions today. That's just setting the stage for all of that. So let's go ahead and uh, get into it, shall we? Starting with our leaders and best, James Crudup at James Crudup 6. Do you feel like having two quarterbacks play every game or rotate is the most effective way to keep elite quarterbacks from transferring? If not, what do you think the most effective method would be? How much does Ambry being out hurt the secondary? That's two things. Uh, so, uh, I mean, I think that's about the best you can do. I'm honestly, putting, the le- putting guys into the league, that's number one. So they obviously need Shea to go to the league, uh, you know, have a good year, go play in, play in the NFL. Then, uh, you know, Dylan, do the same. Joe, do the same. Then you'll just be able to rely on it, right? Like guys won't want to leave because they they look at the quarterback and say, yeah, I might only play for one or two years, but I'm going to get to look at what I'm going to get to do. I'm going to be a, at worst the third round pick or something like that, you know? It's kind of like what Michigan used to be. I know Tom Brady was a six-round pick and everything, but, I mean, you always knew Michigan quarterbacks were going to go to the league. Kind of the same deal. Like, what you know, Ohio State hasn't been able to boast that, right? Like, you want to play quarterback at Ohio State, your NFL aspirations better be close to nil. Obviously, there's exceptions. Dwayne Haskins being a first-round pick, but, you know, Ohio State does not have quarterbacking success at the NFL level. Michigan does. So I think that's the that's the only other thing that you can do. Otherwise, like yes, you got to get them on the field, and I think, I think that that's probably the best way because they have a logjam at that position, which is not something that you've seen often in Ann Arbor. Now, at least I shouldn't say often; you haven't seen it in a long time. But it's happened, obviously. So, uh, Amber being out hurt the secondary. I think the secondary will be fine. I know we've. I think I've got another Amber question, but I'll answer this now. It's. Uh, I think. Uh, I think it hurts the secondary, of course, because you expect him to come in and be a you know a starter and everything. But they really are happy with Vincent Gray. Not heard nothing but good things, both on the record, off the record, all of that. Uh, it just means they have a little bit less depth there. But uh, they seem to like their depth. Jim Harbaugh kind of spoke on the depth on uh, on Tuesday. Just said like, yeah, we've got you know Vincent Gray, some other guys that are coming up. Mentioned Jamon Green, uh, DJ Turner. Obviously, you don't want to dip too much in down beyond that until you mentioned Jalen Perry kind of at the end, but you know, you, you want to be able to have a little bit, little bit to work with there, but Amber should be back hopefully by week four or so. And um, we'll see. But I mean, I think they're confident in what Vincent Gray's able to do. I, I didn't mention Jalen Kelly Powell. Who's also part of that. Jimmy Whitner at Jimmy Whitner one with Amber out for a while. Who's the fastest on the team now? Uh, I believe that would be Donovan people's Jones, unless uh, there's someone else that stepped up. Wouldn't be surprised if Ronnie Bell was there because uh, he's super athletic. He's more of a thought of as a guy who jumps, though, not a guy who runs. Uh, True Wilson really worked on his speed, but he doesn't know what you know where he is there. That's something if we do have that players press conference on Friday. I'll ask 
I'll ask one of the players, like, who do you, who's the fastest guy right now? Trent Noop at Trent Noop. Assuming Michigan has a successful season offensively, like most people assume will happen, how long do you think Gaddis will be in Ann Arbor? How long till he gets a head coaching gig? I mean, it could happen. It depends on what kind of head coaching gig he wants. He has a really good season this year. He could be a head coach next year. But, you know, what? who's calling? That's the question. Who, who's willing to, to, to put it up? Because you look at offensive, as far as offensive coordinators go, things of that nature, you look, obviously Ryan Day just got the Ohio State job. Lincoln Riley got the Oklahoma job. Obviously, they stayed where they were. Um, I, I don't think that it will necessarily be a quick turnaround with Jim Harbaugh. I, don't think, I think Jim Harbaugh is going to be in Ann Arbor for a little while. But it depends. Do, do you want like a high-level Power 5 job? Or do you want to, are you going to go out and take, you know, Temple if it's available? Are you going to take a, take a something like Baylor if it's available? You know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying those are jobs that are going to be available. I'm just thinking, you know, Matt Rule. I thought about Don Brown interviewing for the Temple job. You know, like, you know, Maryland. You know, DJ Durkin left for Maryland. You got to go to a place where it's really hard to win. I mean, it's easier to win at Maryland. You got at least recruits around there. But like, or like a Rutgers. Chris Ash took Rutgers. We went from Ohio State to Rutgers. Like, you know, you're probably not going to be able to win at Rutgers, but you obviously go with the intention of hoping that you can work some magic and make it happen and then move up to the next thing. So I, I think it depends on what, you know, what type of uh, job he wants. Cause I'm sure he could go and get like a, has a really good year this year. You could probably get a, uh, a, you know, either like a Mac level school or a pretty good power five one, but like, or a middling power five one. Like, like I mentioned, Maryland, obviously that's not going to be open because Mike Loxley barring something else to happening, but you know, the Rutgers might be open if they uh, get tired of Chris Ash. I don't know if they will or not. Do you want to? Do you want to wait to do that, or do you want to wait for one of the big guys to open up? Do you want to wait for USC? You know, USC will probably be open next year too. But you know what I'm saying? Like, you want to wait for Oregon is the perfect opportunity for like Mario Cristobal. Like, you know, you get an Oregon, or do you go the route of? Tom Herman starting at Houston and then taking that and get, you know, parlaying that into Texas or does wake forest. That's his alma mater. Maybe he wants to be there. I don't know. I'm just saying like, I think you want to be a head coach right away. He could do it. It just might not be the best option. He wants to wait for like a big gig. Then maybe a couple years. Jordan Walker at Harbaugh with the bar. As much as I've been hearing about the tight end lately, is Masafa Muhammad being overlooked, or do you think he still has a ways to go before he hits the field in a meaningful way? Uh, what is the most surprising thing out of camp so far, in your opinion? Um, no, he's he's getting talked about. He's just getting talked about as, like, the third guy. He's, like, without fail, mentioned the third. I haven't written about Harbaugh and the tight ends yet. I'm going to do that uh, on Friday. But uh, he's getting mentioned. He, Luke Shoemaker, Eric All, they're all getting mentioned. Mustafa Muhammad sounds like he's the clear-cut third guy, though. And it's just behind... It just sounds like Sean McCune has taken, like, I feel like the way that Jim Harbaugh talks about Sean McCune, I feel like we need to be thinking, and, and same thing with, uh, same thing with uh, Josh Gaddis talking about Sean McCune. I think we need to be thinking Mackey Award uh, lists here. I think we, that's the type of player that they seem to think he is, like, could come out and have a Jake Butt 2016 type year. Uh I don't think he has ways to go. I think you'll see him. It's just, it's, you know, last year he was injured. 
Um, and then you also had Jack, Zach Gentry, so it didn't matter as much. What's the most surprising thing out of camp so far? I don't think it's been terribly surprising to me, to be honest. Um, I guess like more of like younger guys not stepping up necessarily as quickly, but that, you know, it's still, we're only halfway through camp. Still got two weeks before the season opener still. But like just that, like Daxton Hill and Giles Jackson, like we're hearing good things about some of these guys. But like it hasn't been like, oh, yeah, I mean, duh, amazing. I mean, Daxton, you're getting that a little bit. Giles, that sounds like he's got a minute to go. We've heard great things about Cornelius Johnson. Um, I guess like the five running backs all like kind of playing at the same level ish, like but at a high level. That's surprising. It's not though, really. Like, there's nothing in here that's. I've been thinking, and I mentioned this to another reporter. We both kind of said it to each other. Actually, he said it to me, and I was like, "Yes, that's exactly." It was. It's like this has been kind of boring, comparatively, considering the hype. Like, we kind of all we know what's kind of going on. It's just like, yeah, all right, cool. Like nothing to like, really sink our teeth into right now. So no, there's it, it's nothing terribly surprising. How much time we got? We're doing good. Got a couple more. Got two more here for segment one. Michael Wolf at mwolf21. Uh, by the way, I, this guy, Michael, last one, Har- uh, Jordan Walker, both of you guys, metal guys, I appreciate that. Um, guys that uh, been in the, been talking to on Twitter about the uh, about the metal, the metal core of it all. Um, so, yeah, just wanted to let you know. Appreciate it. Bought a bass today, by the way, or finished paying for a bass. So I am my own band now. It's the last thing I needed. Now I've got some, well, I don't have a drum set, but I have superior drummer. Nonetheless. Uh, Michael Wolf at M Wolf 21. Do you like or dislike Michigan playing MSU late this year? I'm back and forth on that. And I actually, I don't know if this was before or after I saw your question, but uh, I was talking to my past friend about this either yesterday afternoon or today. And I said, it's interesting. I think it was, to, I don't know what day it was. Not important. Uh, it's interesting because MSU, it's like he said, MSU could be like they used to be in like 20, you know, 2013, 2014. And it's just like, oh man, they're just getting better and better by the week. Or it could be like last year, 2016. 2012, things have kind of falling apart as the year goes on. And I read Nick Baumgartner's deal in The Athletic on on MSU, and it's stuff that I've been saying uh, for a while here. They got a bad offensive line, so unless they figure out a way to make that work, I don't see how the offense works at all. Right? We saw how that went in 2017. Michigan, bad offensive line, ball control offense. Don't work very good. Michigan probably had a better offensive line that year than MSU did last year. Might might still be better than MSU this year. So they might already they could either be coming into that game, the third to last game of the season, galvanized, ready to go. Not a lot of weaknesses. Could be a powerhouse, just a big, big battle. Or their spirits might already be broken. Meanwhile, I have pretty good confidence that Michigan's gonna go into that game. Looking pretty high-flying on the offensive side of the ball, regardless of who's under center, because obviously 2017, there was someone else under center. 
so I mean, it, it. I don't know. I here's the thing. I think Michigan plays them early. Michigan State probably has an advantage because I think their defense would be able to stymie maybe just a you know a little bit of the uncertainty offensively. By then, Michigan's offense probably will be pretty good at dictating things. But I'm just curious about the MSU offense. Um, so it's not kind of a non-answer, but that's just kind of what we talked about, and that's where I think about it. Colby Murray at the only Colby. Finish out segment one. Bigger sleeper player for Michigan that no one has heard of and or about. Well, I don't know if there's anyone that no one's heard of and or about. I think everyone gets uh, adequately hyped. Um, nowadays, I don't think there's, like, I'm not going to, you know, be like, uh, you know. If I say say a name like Sammy Faustin or Hunter Reynolds, it's not because they're going to come out and play extremely well. It's just, like, that's probably the closest, like, people might be like, oh, yeah, he's on the team, you know. But there's no one that's like I think in a surprise. Luigi Villain's the closest to that that I've uh, I see, that I can think of. I saw him yesterday sitting outside Schembechler. He's still he still looks like a beast. Really excited to see him. I don't think there's it's just it's more of like a look at my sleeper articles. You right like guys like Chris Hinton. I think we need to be thinking more about Cornelius Johnson. Apparently we need to be thinking more about. Um, but like everyone, I feel like we know everyone, right? Like there isn't. I don't think there's like a out of nowhere type guy, at least that I know of. Granted, like I've said, like my sources have been in the submarine. I have not heard m- much of anything coming out except for from one person. Jalen Kelly Powell, I think that's probably your best bet. I think Jalen Kelly Powell is going to come out and have a great year. Jameric Woods, let's add him to that list. But I think you know the tight ends. I think Luke Schumacher will end up playing a little bit. You already know the five running backs, Ben Van, ben Van Sumeren and Hassan Haskins are the ones, but other than that, I think that that's it. Um, I understand you're saying sleeper. I've done like five sleeper articles, and they all have different people. That, like Luigi Villain usually is on that list, and all the ones I just mentioned as well. So, uh, all right, let us move on to segment two. Where are we at time-wise? Whoa, way over. Yeah, there's stuff like that. Support for today's show comes from Manscaped, who is number one in men's below-the-belt men's grooming. Who wrote that? Men's below-the-belt men's grooming. Okay. Uh, Nonetheless, let's start over. Support for today's show comes from Manscaped, who is number one in below-the-belt men's grooming. You may have seen Manscaped on uh, Shark Tank or in Men's Journal, uh, named their Lawnmower 2.0 as one of the best tools in men's grooming. I actually have it. I, I own it on my own volition. So, personal endorsement. Get 20% off and free shipping with the promo code locked on at manscaped.com. That is locked on at manscaped.com. Again, recommend it. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. Segment 2, Electric Boogaloo. That was stupid. Cancel the podcast. That was dumb. 
We're done. Um, let's see. Clint Derringer starts us off. I didn't copy his Twitter handle, so I'm sorry. I just got to... Clint, Clint gave us the over and unders. He's back again with those, so very excited about that. Um, individual season stat theme offense. Okay, cool. So let's go. Uh, Shea Patterson rushing touchdowns, four and a half. I'll go over. What did he have last year? That's probably the question I should have been asking. I looked up like one thing and then I was just like, eh, but he had two rushing touchdowns. I think he'll get above that. I could see him getting above that. RPOs and all of that, right? Mike Sainer still rushing yards, 149.5. I'll go under. I think, yeah, he could be involved in the run game, but we don't know for sure yet. They got a stable of backs, and I can see him being a jet sweep type guy, but not, maybe not necessarily. They they say he can play X and Z receivers as well as um, slot. So, Sean McCune receiving touchdowns, uh, three and a half. Uh, I am going to go over because I think he's just going to be a beast. Let's see. Receiving. Michigan. Sean McCune last year at one, but in 2017, he had three. So that sets up to be more than that. Jake Butt had four. Yes, I still think he's going to, I think there's just going to be plenty of touchdowns. So that one, those are all well set up, I think. Defense, still over, over, over unders, rather. Uh, Ambry Thomas, pass breakups, uh, 3.5. I'm going to go over, even though he might not come back until week four, five, or six. I still think he'll be over. Because I think quarterbacks will try to pick on him. And I think that, you know, we'll see how he recovers just in general, right? Like, because that was the thing that's sometimes his speed could run him out of the play is one of those things that Mike Zordich talked about last year. Is he more disciplined? Josh Uche sacks eight and a half. I'm going to go under. He had, I think, what, six and a half last year? I I don't think he's, I think there's going to be a lot of sacks for the other guys. That's why I just think that you're going to see him. You're, you, I don't think you're necessarily going to see him strictly as a pass rush. And he's, I think teams are going to game plan for him more. I think that's a combination, but I think you'll see some big numbers from some of these other guys. Josh Rosh tackles for loss eight and a half. That's easy. I'm going to go over. I think he had six last year uh, playing, you know, platooning with Devin Gill. Uh, I definitely think he'll have it get, get to that point. Um, for reference, last year, Devin Bush had nine. So, actually, it's not easy. He had five last year, by the way. Josh Ross did. Chase Winovich had 17. Still going to go over. I think it'll be about nine. Nine, ten. Speed and Space Disciple at Gaddis Gattas. And I saw a little bit of this conversation between y'all. But uh, this one's actually pretty easy for me to answer. How do you see Quiddy and Hutchinson both becoming superstars as advertised, even though they are both at anchor? In other words, how the rotation work? Make sure they are both in as much as possible. Uh, well, it's I know we saw them both at anchor last year, but it's actually Quiddy plays wherever he's. They've moved around a bit, but to my knowledge, he is more at end, and that's what I know. Uh, Mac, who you were responding to, kind of he alluded to that and then said stuff about the three, three, five and talking, referencing the Florida game in 2017, whether we see that or not, I don't know. Um, I think that you'll see both of them on the, like they will be the starters. They are the starters. So that's how, I mean, Quiddy pay is going to be likely at end on the weak side and Aiden Hutchinson will be at anchor on the strong side. 
so that's how. I'm, I don't know that they necessarily were going to become superstars. I think that's a little bit of projection. I think they have that capability. But I think they'll be in rotation. They can move around. That's the thing about Michigan's defensive line that has been for you know for a long time. You know, it's they can move the guys around. Quiddy particularly. I mean, we saw Quiddy on the inside. We saw him on the outside. He just played more last year at anchor because he was playing for an injured Rashawn Gary. Um, but uh, I expect that to, to be their positions as far as where Mike Dana and Luigi Villain and others come in. I mean, we'll we'll see. I don't know. Uh, lots of opportunities there for a bunch of different guys. Um, so yeah, that's that. Travis Moose at Moose underscore Travis. Any chance Hassan Haskins is a dark horse candidate for major playing time at running back this upcoming season? Uh, I don't think he's a dark horse candidate. I think he'll see some major playing time. Maybe it's behind those others, but I think, uh, again, I, I, I know I got made fun of for this, and I mentioned that now as long with all the times I mentioned that I was told that Hassan Askins at the time, back in bowl prep, physically most gifted running back on the roster. And now uh, I, he's finally getting a chance to play that position because he spent most of the year at linebacker last year. So I do I do think that he's a guy that you're going to try to get touches. Are you for or against players switching, multiple, uh, switching positions multiple times on both sides of the ball throughout their college career? A little bit, right? Like I think you need to find out. It's not always their choice. I mean – yeah, they, I mean, they, they do get to a say of, like, no, I don't want to play there, but I feel like a lot of times they get moved around and it's like, hey, we, we you know, Jalen Kelly Powell, you know, for, is, is the best example of that. I think that when guys get, have to move around a lot, it's hard for them to really settle in. I don't have a problem with a little bit of switching. I just think it, it gets a little bit overboard, right? So, uh, all right. Let's check in the time. We're good for now. We've only got one more question in this segment, which works perfectly. Ryan Anderson at the Ryan Anderson with a zero for the O at the end. It seems that no one is talking about the corner spot as a problem, aside from Levert Hill and Ambry, who is out. Who For now, who can we rely on? Well, uh, obviously Vincent Gray. Uh, for those who don't know Vincent Gray, like that's the name that you need to know. I mean, three-star from Rochester Adams. I know that people were not excited about him. You don't think of Rochester Adams as being a big-time school. But they love him. Love, love, love him. So it's uh, I, I would get used to that name. Then Jalen Kelly Powell as well. And I think you'll probably see one or two other guys really be able to step in, whether that's DJ Turner, who... You know, has four games before redshirting. Obviously, they'd like to preserve that redshirt. Uh, whether they get him in, like I said before, he's apparently raw. Uh, whether it's Jamon Green, who should be ready. It sounds like he's like a, like, it seemed like they, out of the Green Twins, it was German, the safety that they were really high on. And you don't hear about anything about him, but I've heard Jamon Green's name a few times. I think I have those names right. So that would be it. But uh, I, I still think, I just think like, They've got what they like at corner. You know, aside from the fact that, uh, you know, some of the guys are gone. Miles Sims gone, but obviously Ambry out for a little while is what it is. All right. We got to move on, finish out the show here because we got to be on time, unfortunately. But fantasy football players, make sure you listen to Vinny Iyer and Locked on Fantasy Football. Vinny gives you the edge with over 20 years of covering fantasy football. Like, I know the name without even, like, I can picture the face and all of it. Know exactly who he is. 
Don't listen to the same stuff as everyone else. Then you are the same. Get the edge from Vinny that will put you ahead on draft day and put you ahead all season long. Fuck locked on fantasy football on your favorite podcast provider. Seriously, I need to rewrite these guys. Like I didn't write them. I read them off the stuff. I need to rewrite them. This is bad. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. You got four minutes to answer three questions. One of them is not a serious one, so whatever. You might recognize this guy if you watched uh, Michigan basketball either in person or on the, uh, or on the, uh, on the television. <laughs> if you're watching your stories and flipped over to Michigan basketball for a second, you might have noticed uh, this guy, Alex Ketwich at Michigan underscore onesie. Used to be there in the onesie in the maze rage until teardrop. He's uh he graduated. He's done. Better wear the onesie as a fan, as a casual observer. As long as he doesn't move away like the other Maze Rage president, Nicole Sigmund. She's she's out in New England now. Anyway, he says, not a question. Keep a tally of how many times you use the word the or the so we know how much to pay OSU and royalties. Probably a lot. That's still so dumb. Michigan had the perfect response using the preposition of article, blah, blah, blah. It's ridiculous. Hilarious. Anyway, two real questions, I think, kind of. Uh, Matt Mac Ante Toko Unpo, who's asked a question before, and I, I'm i sorry, I'm butchering your name, but uh, at Mac 1E1 even, as in Mac 111. Georgia fan actually got four questions in here and didn't see the other one. Do you think Chris Hinton will find a starting role by the end of Michigan season? He was one of my favorite players in the greater Atlanta area. Just wish he would have stayed home. Hashtag go dogs. You guys got a good one. Uh, appreciate you uh, following and uh, asking some questions in this Michigan podcast for my former number two team. You've been supplanted. The Georgia Bulldogs really once Kirby smart took over and Mark Richt was shown the door. Georgia Bulldogs no longer my number two team. That now goes to the U. But uh, nonetheless, uh, I I think it's possible. I think it will be kind of more like Aubrey Solomon, another uh, not really Atlanta area, but Georgia, you know. Um, Aubrey Solomon, you, you started seeing just more and more. I think, you know, whoever ends up being the the three-tech, whether it be Donovan Jeter, Michael Dwumford, depending on his – his deal i think that they'll uh they will continue to have that role and and uh carlo kemp will but i think chris is one of the most underlooked guys i've been saying for a while i i don't know how he's not getting talked about more and thankfully like harbaugh's talked about him sean new has talked about him now but like people it's like they forgot that he was a five star i don't understand that but uh yeah i i think people should be way more excited about him 
whether he's a starter or not, I think remains to be seen, but I think he'll be in heavy rotation. Michigan defensive line, you don't really need to necessarily be a starter. You'll be in heavy rotation. Like Matt Godin was technically a starter, right? But I bet you if you look at snaps played, Mo Hurst probably in 2016 played just as many snaps or close to or maybe more, right? So penultimate question, Jim Barron via the DMs at Barron, B-A-R-R-O-N. 11-23 last year, we had 34 sacks over under on that this year. And who's your choice to lead the team? Um... We're going to push on the number. No, that's not what you want, but I don't know. Somewhere around there. Push. Choice to lead the team. I'm going to go with uh, Pay. I think Aiden's going to be really, really good. And I think he's going to more set the edge. I think he'll have Aiden will have more sacks than Rashawn Gary. Because I just don't think that he's necessarily going to get the, that type of attention paid to him. But I'm going to go with uh, Pay leading the charge. Somewhere in there will be Josh Ross and Josh uh, Josh Uche and others. But that would be my that would be my guess. That's my choice. I just think Pay is a lot better than people think. Unproven, still got a little little thing in my gut there saying like, what is he going to be? I don't know. Now that he's a starter, but. Jim continues. Also, we had 11 interceptions. Uh, and I'm already over time, so I better hurry up. <laughs> over under on that this year, and who's your choice to lead the team there? Um, let's go over, because I think uh, whoever's opposite Lavert is going to get tested. I think they're going to try to test people a little bit more now that David Long's gone. Even though I think Lavert's just as good, and uh, I don't think they're necessarily going to test Lavert. I'm going to go with. I don't know if I want to go Vincent Gray. I kind of want to go with the safety because I feel like it's gonna you're gonna see like Josh Mattel. You know what? I'm gonna go Jalen Kelly Powell. That's Brandon Watson and Josh Metellus led the team last year. I think people are gonna start trying to avoid Josh a little bit. He still might lead, but I think I'm gonna go with Jalen Kelly Powell. Is gonna be playing Brandon Watson role. I think you got to look at you know for Michigan who are they trying to not pay attention to, and uh, or who you know who are they trying to pick on. Finishing out Michigan at Michigan. Half joking, how many points do we need to score versus Middle Tennessee for there to be no complaints about our new offense? 50, probably. Over 42, let me put it that way. 42 or more. Over 42, not 42 or more. It has to be more than 42. What does our defense need to hold them to so fans' heads won't explode? Under 10. I think even 10 or over is probably... I think even 10 is going to freak people out. Hold them to a field goal or a touchdown, and that's it. Otherwise, people are going to freak out. He finishes go blue and can't wait. There you go. Show, and we got 14 seconds to finish out. So for the Lockdown Wolverines podcast, I'm your man on the ground, Isaiah Hole. Find me online at Isaiah Hole, and you know where the rest are. Uh, find us on iTunes, Google Stitcher, everywhere else. WolverinesWire.USAToday.com. Uh, this was Lockdown Wolverines, but a Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm still over time, of course. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.